Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, I've been I've been talking for a good while now about uh, just the the Father part of the Trinity, and about the importance of us discovering what our sonship in Him is. Um, we've been talking a lot about how every person who's been born into this world was born an orphan, and so an orphan really is is just being disconnected from parents and, and from a home, right? And so even though we, we get saved and we become born again, like we still might not actually know who the Father is. And so it's not, it's not broken on His side. It's broken on our side that we're, the Lord is trying to teach us who He is. He's trying to help us to discover how good He is. And the more we know the truth about who He is, the more we get to experience our sonship or our daughtership with Him where we're functioning as beloved children of God. And so I, I think that um, I would say every single Christian on earth in all of history, besides Jesus Christ himself, probably didn't know all the things that we need to know about God as our Father, right? I think Jesus is the only absolute example on that. So we're all in a journey of discovery. I, I believe that probably we all are on a journey of becoming um, set free and refined from orphan belief systems, but the Lord is, is bringing us into our sonship, and the more we do, the more free we get. Amen? We've been talking about this stuff for weeks now. I'm very frustrated, though. I'm, I, I feel like a, an orphan mentality with my frustration with this app. <laughs> Help me to act like, hey, maybe it's working. See, I just shifted into sonship, and we'll see what happens. Give me a second here. We might be getting somewhere. Maybe. And maybe not. Help me, Lord. Hey. Hey. I thought it was working, but it's still loading. All right. I command you to work in Jesus' name. All right. Anyway. I don't have time to be standing here fiddling. So John's going to be my partner back there. And I want to read to you right now um, out of Matthew 6, 1 through 6. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it off this so I can make sure. You, John, you just keep flowing until we get to the end, all right? Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Everybody say to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Everybody say, no reward. no reward. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Everybody say, hypocrites. hypocrites. Do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Everybody say, have glory from men. Glory. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Wow. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your, your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That one always confused me as a kid. Keep going. 
How does your hand know what's going on? It doesn't have a brain. Keep going. First, I'm ready for the next. (laughs) And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Everybody say the secret place. place. You guys put a lot of emphasis on that one. (laughs) And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Everybody say he sees in secret. And he wants to reward me. Openly. That's awesome, right? So, I think that, that people can pick these verses apart. Um, you can, yeah, just park right there on that slide. Thank you. Um, people can pick these verses apart and try to get like, well, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. Um, but I, I just want to say like, this is not saying that you should not do charitable deeds in public, okay? I think some people, it can, it can be like, well, he said not to let anything know, anybody know what's going on, so I'm going to pull back, and I, I have to do everything like a stealth ninja, or I can't do it at all, all right? But you actually should do charitable deeds, even in public, and, and we need to get out amongst the people. So, you know, we need to make sure that we're finding the ways that we can do that. Um, in the same message that Jesus was given in Matthew 6, he was preaching the same message in Matthew 5, right? It was just a, it's a three-chapter sermon. And in 5 verses 14 through 16, he said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Everybody say, they may see your good works. Wait a second. He just told us in chapter 6 to not be seen doing good works. But he says here, let your light shine and let them see your good works. Why? So they will glorify your Father in heaven. All right? That they will glorify your Father in heaven. I want to say this, that people out in the world, I'll say and in the church as well, need to encounter our good works. They need to encounter that. All right? I think that there's been a lot of it lacking, probably contributing largely to why America has become the way it is right now. All right? But what makes the difference is not what you're doing or who sees it, but what is your motivation in what you're doing? Okay, what is your motivation? Don't do, Jesus is trying to teach us, don't do the good works for the purpose of being seen by other people. All right, because that actually said that those, those people who he called hypocrites were doing the good stuff for the purpose of being seen by other people that they may receive glory by men. Okay. So they wanted to do something good so that they could receive glory. But Jesus in the chapter prior was saying, let your light shine so everybody can see it. Do good works so that they will glorify the Father in heaven. So what's, what's the difference? It's not, it's not so much what you're doing, 
or how you're doing it or what people see. It's what is the purpose and the, and the motivation in your heart that's causing you to do what you're doing. Are you doing it because you want, to, you want all glory to go to God? Or are you doing it because you want people to see you and notice you and, and you're, you're feasting off of the, the attention that people are putting on you? All right? <clears throat> when, when you do good things for the purpose of other people seeing you and, and that you're, you're receiving like senses of self-glory in it, that could also be just called like the, you know, you, you feast on the accolades or the feasting on the praises of man, right? Um, that when you, when you do it and that was your motivation, Jesus is saying, you got your reward. Hope you enjoyed it because that's all you're getting out of that one. Doesn't matter if you spent your entire life savings to bless someone that, that you saw that was in need. If you did it because you wanted the attention on it, that attention was the reward you got. And it gives you no, no bank in heaven. Okay? But when you do the things that, you, that you, moves your heart and you're doing it not to be seen, but because you want God to be glorified through your actions, God knows the motive of your heart. And, and He receives glory. And He says, I will reward you for that. Okay? It's not so much that you're doing things in secret so that people can't see you. It's that you're in the secret places where you know that you're worshiping the Lord through what you're doing. All right? People, people often want to do things because they want people to see them doing it. But here's the question. Would you have done the same thing if nobody was going to see it? Would you, would you have still got the same sense of fulfillment out of what you're doing if nobody was going to see that thing? All right? That's what Jesus is targeting with what he's talking about here. So, so we, he wants us to do good works for the purpose of people seeing God's glory in it and worshiping him through that. Does that make sense? So try to do what you're doing without drawing attention to you. Put the attention to the Lord. That's when he's saying let your, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Like If you can do it covertly, like do it. But don't not do it because you're afraid somebody might see you. It's the motive of the heart. Does that make sense? All right, bring up that next slide, please. We, we want to we let our motivation be that we're finding fulfillment from, boom, go to the next one, not in accomplishments, not in accolades, but from the pleasure of your Father. Amen? We, we, want, we want the our sense of fulfillment, we want to be motivated by God is pleased with me. If nobody else sees it, I'm fulfilled because I know that God is celebrating me. Amen? So Jesus was not trying to discourage people from going into the city place or the marketplace out in public to pray. Because he's talking about the hypocrites standing on the street corners, blaring their trumpets. Look at me. Oh, Lord. Blah, 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 blah. That's about as good as their, their prayer was. That's probably what God was hearing. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but they're, but they're, they're out there trying for people to see, look how holy I am. Look how Christian I am. I want to present myself to you so you can see me doing this thing 
that I feel like I'm called to do. Okay? I don't think that Jesus was intentionally trying to tell us, don't go out and pray out loud in public. Because I'll tell you this, um, I actually know that it's a very powerful thing to go into places that God leads you to, regions or locations, and pray and intercede, calling heaven to come down on that place. Amen? Like, we don't want to not go out and pray. Like, we actually believe in 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 marching if you will like the like they did around jericho like bring your 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 claiming ground god told abraham everywhere you go like claim it this is your land so we we want to be people who go out and intercede and pray around neighborhoods or around the city or whatever the place would be that god resonates in your heart it's a powerful thing but that's not what jesus is talking about right so he's and it's also not saying that you shouldn't be ministering out in public I think you guys all know this, but, but I think sometimes we can read this stuff and maybe we're like, where does the line draw? Uh, there are some powerful ministries that go out and minister in public places. Uh, some of you guys might know of one that is called Courtside Ministries. I've heard people a lot of times talk about that. And, and there's different groups for different court areas. And they'll go there and they'll minister to people who are either going into court or coming out. And, and a lot of them are under a lot of stress and brokenness. And God shows up and he gives people hope where they were hopeless. That's awesome. Like, yes, do that kind of stuff. It's, that's awesome. All right. And, and people setting up booths and festivals and uh, putting up signs that, that say spirit readings or whatever. But we know what it really is. They're about to prophesy destiny into somebody. Amen. Or dream interpretations. Uh, healing, but then they bring Jesus to people. That's awesome. That, that's, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about observing your motivation. What, what is in your heart? Why are you doing the thing you're doing? Are you doing it because you want people to look at you and to think you're amazing in what you're doing? Are you doing it because you have a secret place relationship with the Father and you're motivated by his love. Okay? So it's all about our purposes and motivations. He, he, he's trying to teach us to not do these things before men for the purpose of being seen by men. doesn't mean you can't be seen. It just means don't do it to be seen to receive glory. Does that make sense? All right. Um, uh, one example that I want to say is how many of you guys have ever seen Darren Wilson's movie called Finger of God? That's awesome. And they were doing some amazing deeds and publicizing it. What? Okay. So they're, they're filming and then they're, they're like publishing this thing and they're marketing it and all that. And so... The finger of God, and there's a whole series. There's the, there's the Father of Lights, there's Holy Ghost, and all the things that followed that. And guess what? I think that God was very pleased with those. Okay, I don't think that what was going on with that is what Jesus is warning us not to do. All right, I think it was amazing. Um, it, it's hugely impacted the body of Christ. Those videos are people who, are, who have real relationships with God, Real secret place relationship with God. And they're walking in power. And they're going out and they're seeing God show up. 
And I believe that the motivation in their heart was not, look at me so I can build my ministry. I think it was, look at what God can do. Here's testimonies of God and what he can do. And I want to show you that a normal person can have God show up in radical ways. All right? So it's all about the motivation. If their heart was, let me build my ministry and my audience, well, God knows that. He knows that. But I don't, I don't think that's the case here. I think that, I think that those people on there, um, the, the ones that I'm familiar with anyway, they, they seem to have the evidences of having a real son and daughter of God kind of relationship. Sonship. Okay? I think that the, the, the ministries that, I, that we see those people walking in is an overflow of a secret place lifestyle, all right? But I've seen the negative on this stuff too. And as a matter of fact, I've seen a lot of people um, get so inspired in a good way by those movies, but, but then like people realizing, hey, I can do ministry and I can see God show up and... I can get followers. I can get followers. And we, we live in a day and age where you can build an online ministry or a public ministry, and there's ways to market yourself. Another word for that is self-promote, all right? And, and to, to get an increase of people viewing you so that, and, and again, it's all about what's the motivation. Because some people are doing that with the right heart, because God's leading them to do that, to bring glory to him and not self. But, there's, but, but it's easy to get pulled into these ideas that I can do these things and I can feast off of the attention. The, 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 this thing that I just did in front of all these people is bringing attention. That feels really good. I, I like this. And, and let me tell you, it can actually make you kind of buzz and get high in certain ways. All right? Not that anybody in here would know anything about what I'm talking about. But the, but the difference between somebody who's doing it because we're trying to impart the kingdom to people, or people who are doing it because I need, uh, I, I, this makes me feel good about me, okay? There's a difference. I want to do this unto the Lord for glory, or... I want to do this because I'm realizing how good it feels. There's a difference in the heart, and that's the difference between somebody who's operating as a son of God or as an orphan. Okay? Um, we're, we, have a, we have a huge social media culture. I'm guilty myself of that. Um, but, but memes are awesome, and selfies... People love to do selfies. I, I like selfies sometimes. You want to you share your experience with people, right? And, and so we're, we're in the culture of, uh, of let's, we, want, we want people to enjoy what we're doing in life, but partially I want also for people to see the things I'm doing because you just need to know. So let's, let's pull up this meme. <laughs> Look at me. I'm helping. I think I, I, I rolled laughing when I saw that. I don't know who that guy is. If that's some of my politics, I promise you, I, don't, I didn't know that. 
I just realized that as I'm looking. I didn't even know who that was until right now. Please forgive me. That has a whole different meaning than what I thought it did. <laughs> so good. I just got exposed. All right, forget. Put a different face on there. I'm not trying to do something political right now. That's not my goal. No, put it back. Just, just put, a, put a smiley face on that guy instead. That was, I'm sorry. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I don't agree with it, but, all right, I'm just kidding. Just pretend it's somebody else. But look at me, I'm helping. It's like the, it's the, when I didn't know who that was <laughs> up until just now, um, my interpretation of that is, is how people like to do selfies, like when they're doing something that's a good deed. It's like, here, let me, let me put this on there. Because I want everybody to see I'm doing a good deed. <laughs> but if you think about it, <laughs> like, is that, letting, is that not letting your left hand know what your right hand's doing? Or is it broadcasting what I'm doing? All right? And, and I'm sure I've been guilty of that at times. Again, it's, it's more about you can get off that. I'm, get, I'm feeling awkward. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> that's a, I, I'm not embarrassed. I actually think that's pretty awesome. Um, I, I probably should be embarrassed, but I'm not. Um, I <laughs> forgot what I was, <laughs> where I was going now. It, like, it's, it's not that it's bad to, to post a selfie with you doing something, but it's just about checking your heart. Like, why am I doing the thing I'm doing? Helping, asking Holy Spirit, help me understand what's going on in me right now. Am I doing this because it's giving me a sense of... of like fulfillment? Is, it, is this thing that I'm doing making me feel something about myself that, that might be a false method of making me feel what I actually need to feel right now? Does that make sense? The, the, you see it all the time though. Look at me, I'm serving. Look at me, I'm praying for someone. And maybe they don't say look at me, but, but that's kind of the thing, right? Look at me, I deserve exaltation because I did such and such. And whether it's on social media or not, that's just a funny example. But, but when we get down to it, like the, it, it's, a, it's a common temptation, I think, for just people to want to make sure that somebody can see what I'm doing because their attention, it might do something for me. All right? That's what was going on with the hypocrites Jesus was talking about. Praying out loud, trumpets, look at me, look at me, I'm praying. Or I'm doing a charitable deed, look at me everybody, this is what I'm giving to this person. And so the, the, the whole thing is what's going on in your heart? Why, why are you doing that? What, what's your motivation? What did you need out of that experience, okay? Um, in, in, in the revival culture that we're part of, um, one huge piece of our culture is a, is a testimony culture. We love testimonies. And, and testimonies are powerful and they're important. I gave a full sermon on the power of testimonies one time. It's so important. And, and testimonies are for the purpose of, of revealing to everybody how good God is and what He's doing and that He still does those things now. And that if, if He would do this amazing thing for me, Surely he would do it for you too, right? And so testimonies are meant to build faith. They're meant to move God. They're meant to um, 
They're meant to help us get focused on being God-centered. Um, they're powerful and they're necessary. But we need to remember that we're doing good works to point to God's glory. Right? It's about God. So my, my testimony, I need to check my motivation. Why am I sharing this testimony? I want to glorify God. I want to stimulate other people's faith. I want to see God grow in our lives. Okay? It's all about God. But, but there, it can get unhealthy. Even testimonies can get unhealthy when I check the motivation and I have to be honest with myself. I think I gave that to benefit me. I think I did that so that people can say, look at Jesse. Look at what Jesse did. Okay? I've been around people, and, and I've probably been guilty of this myself at times, where people are sharing testimonies, and you just feel this thing where, where people want to one-up that, that testimony. Uh, and you don't, you, they don't say, like, well, I got a better one. They just tell the better one, right? Because when you tell the better one, people know which one was the better one. And so, and, and the more you get the better one, the more better you feel about yourself. If you're doing it from that motivation, all right? So, like, when, when, and sometimes people will size people up by their testimonies. You know what I think about that? Yuck. Yuck. That's gross. We do want testimonies, guys, okay? We want them, but we need to remember who the testimony is about. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about Jesus, and it's about a Holy Spirit and a very amazing and good Father, amen? And it's okay if, if testimonies stimulate more testimonies and the testimonies get more weighty in, in the way that they come across. That's awesome, but we just remember, need to remember what the motivation is about. It's the Lord. It's not me. Right? All right. You sure right? All right. Next slide. The spirit of sonship, bring up the next. It doesn't find identity and validation from works and accomplishments. Keep going. It sees and does what the Father is doing through intimacy. So that's the, the spirit of sonship can find validation and value through the intimacy of the Father. And intimacy helps me to be able to see what he's doing, and then it helps me to desire to partner with Papa and what he's doing. That's intimacy. That's sonship. That's daughtership, all right? It's not about, um, I did this, so I feel good because that thing got it done. No, I feel good because I'm with my Papa, and he loves me, and he's doing stuff, and he's allowing me to come into what he's doing. Amen? Next. The orphan spirit, keep going, is self-focused in works and accomplishments, and it seeks validation and applause from man. All right? Everybody doing all right? Well, good. There's a guy named Joaquin Evans who uh, he, he planted a church in Austin, Texas, a Bethel church. But before he did that, years ago, he started the Bethel Healing Rooms. And, and there's a lot of healing rooms, but that's probably one of the most famous healing rooms, 
I would say probably in the world, um, the guy who started the Healing Rooms movement actually came from Bethel, okay? But, but Joaquin Evans started that one, and they, they spent years building that thing up to become one of the most dynamic, powerful ministries ever. And it's so awesome. They, they probably have hundreds of volunteers in the healing rooms. And every week, people come from around the world, and they get powerfully encountered by God, and, and they have dozens, if not hundreds, of testimonies every week of God healing people and doing miracles. It's awesome. So awesome. And I remember um, eventually Joaquin Evans resigned from that position and he handed it off to Chris Gore, who he actually handed off recently to Chuck Perry, but back then handed off to Chris Gore and I was talking to him and I was asking him, like, why did you resign? Like, what's your plan right now? And he said, I don't, I don't know yet. I'm trying to, trying to figure out what's next. But I said, well, why did you resign it? And he said, he said, because I felt in my heart like I needed to lay down the healing rooms um, because I, I realized that I don't want to continue living off of the reputation of this ministry that I had built. That, that he, he realized that, that he didn't want to just, uh, for everything he's doing to be off of, like all these people know this thing I built. So he actually, out of a sense of worship to the Lord, he laid that down to the Lord and went to his secret place so he could recalibrate with where he really gets his fulfillment from. That takes a real son to come to that conclusion because the orphan spirit would want to keep doing that and keep building a name for itself. Okay? guys hear my heart on this? All right. Um, There's a lot of people who have self-appointed and self-promoted ministries, okay, and and, and callings. And a lot of times when that happens, it it actually comes from an orphan heart that's seeking significance, okay? (laughs) This is a popular message right now. All right, bring up the next slide. Do you need your calling to make you feel secure? These are, these are real good, honest questions to ask yourself. Do you need your calling to make you feel secure? Or, boom, is your calling a manifestation of your intimacy with God? Amen. What if, in this passage that I read to you out of Matthew 6, instead of Jesus calling out the hypocrites and, and his point, what if his point wasn't, I, I'm trying to define sin in this situation? What if what he's actually doing is identifying the difference? He's distinguishing the difference between sons and orphans. Okay? What if, what if he is, uh, like, he's trying to show the difference between the orphan spirit and the spirit of sonship, okay? Like, because everything that he's talking about in Matthew 6 brings you back into the face-to-face presence of the Father in the secret place, okay? So he's actually, he's, he's distinguishing hypocrites and doing something and sons. 
What if instead of thinking hypocrite is sinner, what if it's hypocrite actually is somebody who doesn't understand their sonship? Okay. Receiving false sense of validation. Let's go to the next slide. The orphan spirit tries to get its legitimate needs met in illegitimate ways. That's a repeater. The orphan spirit tries to get its legitimate needs met in illegitimate ways. The attention of other people will never give you what you need. Okay? Next slide. Only the Father can give you the affirmation and sense of fulfillment that you need. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe I'll do another one sometime. In, in my Bible, when Jesus called the, the people praying on the street corners hypocrites, there's a little subnote on there that defines what hypocrites are, and it says pretenders. Whoo! Pretenders. Pre wow, I, I never thought of it like that. A hypocrite, a pretender. But it got me thinking, what if, what if people are who, who don't understand their sonship, like what if they're pretending to be a son and daughter because they don't actually know what it is instead of actually living like a son or daughter? Pretenders. A lot of Christians... Born again, on their way to heaven. I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn people. I, I've been one of them myself. Realizing that maybe I've been a pretender in some areas and I didn't realize it. That I'm striving on my own strength, trying to be something that, that, that's not actually the way to be the thing that God has already made me. If I could just rest in it and enjoy it and not have to become something I'm not yet, or get somebody to believe something about me that they might not believe yet, when God is like, I'm actually right here in the secret place, and all I want is to be with you. Can you find your sense of fulfillment right here where nobody else is going to see it happen? Where do you get your sense of validation from? <laughs> What you're doing, your ministry, your status, what people see you doing, how many people are paying attention to you or who's paying attention to you, or the ways that people perceive you. Do these things give you a sense of validation? Or do you, do you get your sense of validation from your father in the secret place? Next slide. Hold on, what happened there? That is not the next slide. <laughs> That's it. You have an appointment in the secret place. Papa is waiting for you. He wants you. He has plans for you. He wants to enjoy your presence, and he wants you to enjoy his. Where is it? It's in the secret place. Amen? You keep that right there, man. Are you content with God's pleasure in you? Jesus, before he even started his ministry, 
And he got baptized, and he heard the Father declare over him, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus found his entire sense of security in his Father's love and, and pleasure in him, so much that he did not care what anybody else thought about him. He didn't care about how many people were in the crowds that, that were begging him. He didn't care. Like, he loved those people. He didn't need that for his ego. You hear what I'm saying? Like, he only did what he saw his father doing, and if his father had him preaching in front of 10,000 people, that's exactly what he was doing. But if the father had him say something that was so daring that he was going to lose his reputation and lose every fan that he had, and people's trust even, and, and possibly even losing his access to his income, who knows? How that happened. But he, 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 was, he was risking losing his influence, his following, his funding, and his pu public ministry credibility when he followed his father and God told him to do things that might not have been the popular thing to do. He did not care and did not shake him or make him waver one centimeter. Why? Because he had a secret place intimate relationship with his father and that was the only place where he found his security from amen and he's and in this matthew 6 passage he's trying to teach us that's where we get our security from okay the secret place don't let your outward ministry or calling become your source of life what you do outwardly is not what gives you life, even though it might feel like it for a moment. Abiding in the vine, that's where you get your life. Abiding in the vine. Intimate union with God. Doesn't matter if other people can see the vine or not. Has nothing to do with those other eyes and opinions. Has everything to do with God is life and He is for you. Amen? The, the secret place intentionally separates you from the opinions of man. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Good or bad. Doesn't matter because God, your Father, is always loving you. He's always accepting you. He's always wanting to lavish you. He's always wanting to beckon you into a deeper, intimate place with Him. And it's so crazy because He, he wants to bless you beyond what you could ever imagine from that place. All right? So can you be fulfilled within yourself when nobody can give you credit for it? I mean, some of this stuff, maybe it never has even come across your mind or applied to you. It maybe, I'm preaching to me, I guess. But to me, this stuff has been pretty important. Uh, he wants to bring us into a heart posture where it becomes refined to a place where the only person that you need an audience with is Father. Next slide. All the attention in the world cannot give you what the Father wants to give you right now. Amen. Next slide. Matthew 16, 26. For what profit is it, a man, is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And the, this passage does not necessarily have to mean 
the, the, it's talking about people going to hell, even though the, it definitely means that. But what if you can actually lose the health of your soul because you get distracted by the other things? But the Lord's trying to bring us into this place where everything that we live from is Him who's available right now. Amen? Is the next slide a blank one? There we go. I, w- I want to figure out how I can control this myself one of these days, but we'll get there. You're doing great, John. Let's give John a hand. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> when you find security and fulfillment in the Father, you can be content preaching to the multitudes or scrubbing toilets. You can be content being a staff pastor, or volunteering in children's ministry, being in upper management, or being a cashier, or a a Walmart door greeter, running after your vision, or serving someone else's vision. You can be content when you're drawing your your life from the right place, all right? Uh, You can be content being an apostle, like Peter, James, and John, or being a table waiter like, like Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, and Nicanor. Who? Who are, who are those last two? Exactly. Exactly. People often are jockeying for greater positions. What if the Lord... What, what if the Lord wants to be the one to give that to you in the right time? But can you be content in your life with Him in the secret place if that is not happening right now? Because if you think that that promotion or that opportunity is going to do that thing for you, you're missing it and probably functioning as a pretender. Whew. You, when, you, when you find your security and fulfillment from the Father, you could be content being known for great things or not being known for great things that nobody saw. I've known a lot of people who, who have had amazing ministries. God moved, signs and wonders even, or big crowds or whatever, and, and you see great results from it, and then eventually they fell away from the Lord. And, and a lot of these people, I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of them, um, you, you just can know, you can, I just know that the, the reason why they fell was because they never actually spent the time paying the price in the secret place that gives you the maturity and the character and the anointing needed to be able to support the weight of the thing that they were doing. And a lot of times people are ministering and having ministries off of the work that somebody else paid a price for. Through impartations or positions granted to someone who maybe they weren't even ready for it yet. But there's a price that needs to be paid for each individual and it comes in the secret place. Next slide. When a person can't find a sense, a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. Whew. Yeah. 
Like, what, what are the things that we're looking for to make us feel good? There's only one place that you're going to get the real thing from. Amen? It's the Father. And to God, the Father, he, you can go on to the next, I think. Yep, right there. <laughs> to the Father, He's calling us into the secret place. The secret place is the place that brings balance to the orphan spirit. <laughs> to the Father, it says that He sees you in the secret place, right? Are you serious? Like, I go and I pray, I get in the secret place, and God is right there, actually, like He sees me. Wow. That's amazing. Like, if you really think about it, that the creator of this universe, who considers himself your father, and he sees you in the secret place where nobody else sees into. You're right there with God. And, and he sees you, he sees that, that you guys are in that same place together. And he wants us to have the same perspective, that we're in that secret place together. Amen? I'm seeing the time, so i got to figure out how I'm going to... I'm not landing the plane, but I'm, I'm going to bring it around one, one pass. All right? It's, it's crazy to think that, that Jesus said that, when, that the Father who sees you in the secret place will reward you openly. Whoa! You mean to tell me that if I spend time with God which that's more than enough, that he's going to actually, he's going to see me put myself in that place and he's going to reward me too? Wow. I mean, being in his presence, that's reward enough. But he wants to reward us. That's pretty crazy. Bring up that next slide there. Rewards. The Greek word is apodidomi, however you say that. It means to pay back, to repay to restore. Brings up weird questions like, you mean God wants to pay me for intimacy? No, I don't think that's what he means. Is he so desperate that he pays us time to spend time with him? No, he's a father, not a grandparent. <laughs> <laughs> Are, are we doing it for what we're going to get out of it? No. It's about the intimacy. The other day, I, was, I had a project that I had to do in, the, in my garage, um, re fixing some shelves that fell down. And, and my son David wanted to help me. So he's out there hanging out with me, helping me. And miraculously, this was one time when he did not ask me, how much are you going to give me if I do this? He just wanted to be with me. It was awesome. He got to use the, the drill a few times. It's cool. And, and we had to go to Home Depot. And so he went with me, not asking me, how much are you going to give me if I come with you? He asked me that question a lot. But this time, it was just wanting to be with me. It was awesome. And so we were hanging out and doing this thing together. And I, I, I remember, like, as we're walking through the aisles in Home Depot, looking down at my boy and just seeing how much he's grown and just loving him. I was just having this adoration moment. And, like, I pulled him into myself and hugged his head to me and kind of walked with He's like this <laughs> while I'm holding him like this. And sometimes I'll give him a noogie. 
but uh, just total love and affirmation with him. And so after we were leaving and coming home, um, I wanted to surprise him. I did not get Jessica's blessing on this, by the way, but we're good. <laughs> I, 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 he didn't know I was going to do it, but I pulled into McDonald's, got in the drive-thru, and he's like, what are we doing? Oh, I just need to ask them something real quick. And uh, I, I was, I was going to get him some ice cream, an ice cream sundae. And I want to tell you guys that while we were at, at McDonald's, we witnessed an, a, a real miracle. It's pretty cool. I ordered ice cream, and the ice cream machine worked. <laughs> it was, <laughs> God was on it. Miracle happened. So we got ice cream. I said, don't tell your sister. <laughs> but we ate ice cream on our, on our way home. It's just a, I, he, I didn't do it because he deserved it. I didn't do it because, you know, he, I was glad he, that he came and I needed to do something for him. I did it because I was having a moment with my son, and I wanted just to take it to the next level, and so I put ice cream on it. And it was cool, and he loved it, and it was, just, it was just a great father and son bonding moment. And that's just tiny, but just to be able to see, like, the heart of the father. Like, he's not trying to pay you to get you to come, okay? He's not religious like that. He loves us to come with him, but, but when we do, he's going to lavish us with his goodness. Amen? I'm going to probably not hit more slides just for the sake of time. I'm just going to bust a few, few thoughts here. Um, <clears throat> in Matthew 6, later in the, in the passage, Jesus starts, he's just saying this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, blah, blah, blah. Verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I just want to tell you, like, when we spend time in the secret place, what's actually happening in those moments is you're deepening your well. You're deepening your well with the Lord, and it's creating more space for more of Him to fill you with. You're, you're deepening your bank account in heaven. All right? It's not about money. It's just about treasures. Like God wants to give you more bank in heaven. And the more time you spend with Him, the more He's releasing the lavishness of all the things that He's given to us in heaven just by time in the secret place. It's amazing. He is such a good dad. He's such a good dad. But the orphan spirit tries to shortcut processes to get the crowds in the favor with man. And God's trying to teach us that, that our favor with man is actually meant to grow as a result of our favor with God. All right? Because it says that Jesus grew in favor with God and with man. If Jesus needed to grow in favor, guess what? So do you. All right? Like there's more favor for us. If there's more for him, there's more for us. And, and Jesus grew in his favor by spending time in the secret place with Father. That gets you more favor. The more you do it, you get rewarded. And it says in Hebrews 11.6, it says that we need to believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Amen? So I'm gonna, now I'm going to bring this to the final part here. I, I posted a post on Facebook the other day just feeling inspired on this. The most powerful carriers of the kingdom of God I've ever seen were people who were not looking for a platform or a following. 
They were looking for the heart of God in the secret place. And God felt the world needed to experience what they were carrying in that unseen place. Because of their heart to please the Lord, they stewarded this. And that is what we call, that we, what we call their calling. But they continued to prioritize the secret place because that's where their life flows from. Amen. We are called overflow, right? There's a lot of reasons for that. But, but from this place, the reason we're called overflow is because God wants to bring us into the secret place, the inward secret place that nobody else is going to see and be filled with them so much that we get saturated so much that you can't help but to overflow. Amen? So, so outward ministry is the, is the overflow of inward intimacy. I'm going to say that one one more time. Outward ministry is the overflow of inward intimacy. Okay? God sees you from the secret place. To him, that's the same thing as being seated in the heavenly places. The secret place is the heavenly places. Come on. It's encountering God in the place that we're already seated at. It's like, it's like the Narnia and the wardrobe leaving one world into a whole other dimension. When you go in the secret place, the sky's the limit with what you can experience in that place. So when he says reward you openly, I just want to end with this. If you prioritize God's presence and his heart, he will make the rest happen around you. Amen? Why don't you guys stand if you're able, and I'll pray a blessing on you real quick. And then you can get to Shoney's. All right. <clears throat> yeah, if, well, if you're able and you, you're good with it, let's lift our hands to the Lord for a moment. Yeah, Father, I thank you that you're a good dad. Lord, I thank you that your heart, I don't believe, is to judge those people that were sounding the trumpets on the street corners or, or saying, look at me and what I'm given. I, I don't think that Jesus was trying to say that that you are judging those people, Lord, but instead you're exposing orphan spirit because you want to invite us into the spirit of sonship. The, 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 you're, you're inviting us into a place of intimacy where we find our value and our validation from you in the secret place and not from false places. I pray for every one of us, God, that, uh, Lord, we all have legitimate needs, Lord, but I pray that you'll help us all to find out if there's places that, um, that we're trying to get legitimate needs met from illegitimate ways. Lord, I pray you'll show us all those things. Lord, any place that, that the orphan still exists in our beliefs or our practices, Lord, that you'll expose these things. Because, Lord, we do want to be secure 
And I know that's what you want, but the only place is with you and your validation. So, Father, I ask you for all of us, Lord. I want, I want to see the revival, Lord, of, of sonship, Lord. A revival of encountering the Father and that being where we get our groundedness and our sense of identity and wholeness from, Lord. So bless us. I pray that you'll just lavish everybody with the Father's love today and this week. In the name of Jesus. Amen.